Welcome to the Small Business Sessions from Enterprise Nation, powered by Zero. We're a podcast packed with inspiration from entrepreneurs who've been there and done it, and advice from experts on the topics you need to know to start and grow a brilliant business. Head to enterprisenation.com forward slash podcast for more information, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Well, welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Sessions for Enterprise Nation, powered by Zero. My name's Dan Martin. I'm Head of Content at Enterprise Nation, and thank you so much for joining us. And this week, we're looking at everything you need to know about making tax digital. And to tell us all about that is Sylvia Cortaba from Accounts and Legal. Hello, Sylvia. Hello, Dan. Thank you so much for having me. No problem at all. Thank you so much for joining us. So let's get straight to the point. What is making tax digital? Right. Uh, Making Tax Digital, in short, MTD, uh, is a scheme introduced by HMRC just at the beginning of this year in April. And its aim is to um, make the tax system or or the tax system around VET more effective, efficient and easier for taxpayers. And in essence, it means that if you are VET registered business above 85k threshold, which is the current VET registration threshold, you will no longer be able to submit your VAT returns through HMRC's portal which so far was quite easier. There was last year estimated half a million businesses doing their books um, and their returns through Excel spreadsheets. And that tend to be, that was very easy for them to defile through HMRC's portal. That no longer is possible as of 7th of October, that's the complete deadline. And businesses will have to use HMRC compliant software like Xero, for example, mm-hmm. to file their Mm. So uh, currently it is only VAT registered businesses because obviously when it originally was discussed, it was going to be all businesses. So it's currently only VAT, isn't it? Do you know why the government did that? Do you think that was just about easing businesses in slowly rather than going for all businesses? Yeah, I think I, I think that was definitely the right decision because we did face, let's say, a few challenges along the way. Mm. So I think the, the first sort of tier, if you like, for businesses, the businesses just above the 85 threshold of VET, that was definitely the right choice because it's a bit of a mayhem as it is. If we included all the businesses, I think the the plan is that the initial plan was that from next year they were supposed to go after, if you like, the landlords. But that's no longer the case. I think it will be actually postponed to 2021 rather than 2020. And I think it's, well, I think there are two main reasons for them doing that, for HMRC doing that. The, the first thing is they're trying to close the, the what they what they estimate as nine billion gap in tax revenue lost due to simple errors in in, in value returns and other tax compliant you know um, services let's call them mm-hmm. and I think they they genuinely are trying to help the businesses as well to kind of move move on with their times because I think being on a on a software really does make your business more efficient yeah so I think there's this kind of twofold here mm. I mean because there was sort of criticism a, a, about the cost of it to businesses but like you say ultimately I guess it is about efficiency isn't it once you're on software rather than filling in spreadsheets absolutely. with a box full of receipts <laughs> absolutely no definitely I think I completely understand that and especially with you know I mean 85k turn of a business it, it is a small business but it's not it's not a sole trader trading of you know 10 or 15 thousand pounds per year and I completely understand the, the cost argument uh, because obviously it will take some research to find out which software will be best for your business. And then that takes a little bit of time. Um, and then the additional thing is obviously before you were able to do it free of charge, you were doing this through simple spreadsheets. Now you have to pay a little bit. But I do think that cost of, I can only speak about zero because we as a practice, accountant, we use only zero. That's our preferred um, a software of choice and 
you know, it works so well for our clients. You know, it's it's a it's not a really it's not a high cost at all. We're talking about twenty or thirty pounds maximum even for the bigger businesses. Really, in a grand scheme of things, I don't think it's a it's a massive cost. And I think that the benefit of using it, having you know all your finances, all your numbers, all your figures on your at your fingertips, I think that benefit massively outweighs the you know the, the initial cost. Mm. What what do you think of the way that the government has communicated it to businesses? I mean. You know, there has been some arguments that companies like Zero have actually sort of taken on the comms for the government. But yeah. what are your thoughts on the way the government yeah. has got the message out? Absolutely. So I think the communication has been okay. I don't think it's been great, but for us, we we were very lucky because I think software companies have done an absolutely fantastic job with communicating everything to us as accountants and to their clients. Uh, I mean, there is wealth of, you know, knowledge and information on their portal. So I, I honestly don't know what, what would happen if that wasn't available, if the software companies didn't actually take on that, that burden. Um, there is another thing which we, um, which we struggle a little bit because I think we found that HMRC were and are probably slightly under, understaffed, under-resourced. Um, you know, it's un- not uncommon to be on hold for 20, 25 minutes. And even then, when you get through, you may not be able to, you know, because zero is absolutely ready. Everything is prepared. There is a problem with with the portal, with with on HMRC side, and on the other side, nobody's nobody can really help you. So it can be a bit of a struggle. But as I said, I think the the, the software companies have done such an amazing job that it really, they really made it much easier for HMRC mm. to promote it. So what does a business just what do they actually need to do? So say there's a VAT registered business out there, maybe the first time we've heard about it, and they're like, right, this applies to me, but I don't have any, maybe don't have the software. What what would you, what are the processes they would need to do? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think the most businesses, especially VAT registered businesses, I would assume they've got, they've got an accountant. So it's, you know, speaking to your accountant, making sure that you're on the right path and that, you know, you're, you're linked to a lot of our clients, for example, do their own bookkeeping through zero. And we support them for that. So, if you know, for our clients, it was pretty easy because we did that for them. Um, I think if you're running your own books, which I'm assuming a lot of listeners here would, it's really important to mention that if you're on zero, not automatically um, sort of signed up to MTD. If that makes sense. So it's really important to to make sure that you're actually looking. So it's actually a pretty simple process. All you need to do is you need to use signing to HMRC's portal using your existing government gateway login, which every VAT registered business does have, um, and your VAT number, and and make sure that you authorize your software. Um, so it's pretty simple, step by step. If if there is a possibility, we can always put the link in the resource box, uh, probably below, mm-hmm. um, where kind of it's explained step by step. It's actually not that difficult. It's just making sure that you you the businesses are aware that they don't automatically sign up to MTD, mm-hmm. and they take steps to do that. Mm-hmm. What happens if businesses don't comply? Are there are there fines or what have the government said on that? Yeah, so I think um, HMRC doesn't have an official uh, stand on that as yet, but I believe that I mean I'm sure uh, you know they recognise the fact that businesses will need time to adjust to this change. However big that change will be for some businesses, obviously it's going to be bigger because if they haven't used the software before, it, it's it's quite a step. Um, so. I believe that HMRC will and, and are recognizing the fact that businesses will need some time to, so I think they'll be quite lenient. That's my, having said that, I don't encourage anyone to. No, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but obviously the late, late penalties, if you don't file late penalties, will apply as before. So it's, um, so it's crucial to remember that. Yes. So yeah, that wasn't a thing saying you don't need to do it. You still need to comply. 
obviously you've probably helped a lot of clients through this already. Have, have there been so far, you know, we're still relatively early days in, in this brave new world of digital. Um, are there any challenges that some of the clients have faced? Any common questions that you've had? Yeah. So as I said, in our experience, this was pretty smooth, thanks to Zero and and the fact that we are as accountants helping our clients to do that. But having said that, that wasn't free of challenges. As mentioned before, your Zero can be completely ready, and we had clients phoning up saying, you know, but it's it's not linking. So you know, we would we would call HMRC, and after being on the phone for 20, 30 minutes, sometimes the person on the other line doesn't actually know what's going on. So it can be quite a painful process, but ultimately it is down to HMRC to make sure that. Once the business registers, then they actually link it to the and authorize it to link it to to any software. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't challenge free, but I think in many ways comparing this process to you know previous RTI for payroll or to most recent pensions the last couple of years or three years, this has been comparatively pretty painless, really. Yeah, that is good. You mentioned there about initially businesses should talk to their accountants and the accountants you know at enterprise nation we're massive fans of accountants we work with zero a lot and accountancy bodies and you know we recognize that they are a key part of the business owners like advice network and survey after survey when you ask businesses where do you go to for support accountants are always like high up that list so what advice would you give to business owners just generally about choosing an accountant and how how early on in their business journey do you think they should pick one yeah that's a really good question i have been asked that question a few times i mean i obviously run business new business development department for an accounting firm so <laughs> i may be slightly biased uh, but i would try to give us as as um as honest answer as i can um so on my in my view and i completely agree with that i think if i was if i was an accountant about starting my own business i would try to search for an accountant for a good accountant as early on as possible simply because i have seen firsthand when clients come to us you know they have incorporated the company six months down the line with a complete mess with their VAT returns, their, you know, late filing fees and so on. They come to us and and they sort of, you know, they they in despair. Um, especially if they if they wait too long, there there may be so much tidying to do and fixing mistakes that they have sort of they thought they would be able to do it themselves. And you know, after six months, a year, year and a half, they come to us with literally tears in their eyes. And, you know, can you help us? It can cost you literally twice as much money if you got yourself in a massive mess and we have to resolve it. And it can cost you money in, in savings as well, because if you haven't, you know, if you haven't actually asked someone about, you know, tax rules and how can I save on, on certain things, you know, um, that can be, that can also cost you money if you like. If you're serious about your business and, and particularly if you're, you know, a limited company, um, I definitely would search help um, from a good accountant as early on as I as I could mm. for, for the above reasons. Um, in terms of finding a good accountant, I think I personally think that there's two for me personally important things. I think it's the language that the accountant is using. Um, very often I speak to clients and you know we're not all accountants, we're not all you know IT people, so everyone has got their niche. But I think it's really important that the accountant speaks your language. So he or she is able to explain things that uh, on the face of it, seem to be quite complex, and you know they're able to explain the really simple terms. I often say, if you can't explain it to a six-year-old, you don't understand it yourself. Mm-hmm. It's simple as that. Even the most complicated idea can be explained to to anyone if you do it the right way. So I think just the language the accountant is using. You know, you have to if you understand them. If you if you're on the same page and actually understand when they're explaining 
come, you know, my any matters to you and you understand what they're saying, I think that's a good sign. And the second thing, I think in today's world, um, I think it's really important to go for a technology savvy accountant because technology can really, I know it, this is out for everyone who is completely scared of the making tax digital process and everything. It really, I have never had a client who I sometimes have to really slightly force to move onto a, <laughs> a system. I have never had an accountant say, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't a great idea. Oh, sorry, a um, client who said that wasn't a great idea. Everyone benefits from it. And, you know, even if you don't have an accountant and you run your own business, do it. Go on to places like Zero. They've got wealth of amazing videos there to teach you actually how to use it. Um, and it's, it's just, it's life-changing, I think. So those two things, I think, if the accountant is able to help you and explain things in a simple manner, they're using, you know, they, it's not only using, but they're actually, uh, you know, literate in using softwares and different add-ons and so on, because this can really speed up all your processes and make it so much more efficient for you, for your business. Would you say professional body accreditation is also a thing to look out for? Absolutely. Because, in, you know, in theory, an accountant can just set up a shop, can't they call themselves an accountant? A hundred percent. Yeah, definitely making sure that, that they are accredited by either a CCA or ACA. That's, that's obviously given, I think. We work with a lot of sole traders up, you know, a lot of them up to sort of slightly bigger businesses. But a lot of sole traders will say, but I don't need an accountant, you know, paying, I don't need to be spending hundreds and hundreds of pounds a month on an accountant. I'm not really sending them much. Whereas obviously as you get bigger, you know, that changes. So how would a business owner know what to ask? Do you see what I mean? So I guess you, the, the most basic level is, yeah, doing your tax returns and paying whatever you pay, one-off fees for that. So what sort of advice, so say a sole trader comes to you, what kind of advice would you give in terms of the level of expertise that they need? So I think for me starting, and I deal with quite a few businesses, uh, we've got quite a few businesses coming to us and, and sole traders coming to us. I often try to, I think for me, I, I'm an accountant and I work, I run new business development uh, department. So um, I'm probably one of the more honest salespeople that uh, <laughs> I simply That's good really, to know. I'm simply probably quite, I'm not very good at sales, I guess. Uh, <laughs> just just uh, just a good accountant. Um, I try to always advise clients um, or my prospective clients in the way I would like to be advised. So I always put myself in their shoes, analyze their business from from their perspective, and see what they need. Very often, people will come to me and say, "Oh, how about that? If I would you would you register a limited company instead of being a sole trader?" If, if their turnover is really low, I often say, you know, don't do it, don't go for it, because it's, it's just not at this stage, um, you know. And in, and in many cases, if you, there's loads of people that run it on site and they, all they need really is a very basic self-assessment. Um, and if you can do it yourself online and you're comfortable with it, you know, it's it's not, it's not, if your business is very simple, it's not, for, it's not forensic science, by all means, do it. Um, I think if you're being quite serious about your business, i.e. you want to grow it, and it's not just a side, you know, side side hustle. exactly. You see, I'm not cool enough to things <laughs> like this. But if it's if it's not, you know, if it's not just a side hustle, or if it is if it is a side hustle, but you actually think about this in, in quite serious steps for the future, I definitely think would if anything, if you don't if you're not getting an accountant straight away, get the system, you know, get get something that will keep your numbers in one place and and try to learn it. Don't just get it and, and look at it. Um, actually try to learn how to use it. Mm. But I think I would say if, if you're thinking about your business seriously, I would definitely get like a very basic. It's not hundreds of pounds, like for for instance, our package, basic package for limited companies, including everything that we need for the company and for you. 
it's like 80 pounds per month mm. so really it's not for some people it may seem a lot but it's you've got a designated accountant that helps you with everything so in many ways you just you just have to sort of do a cost-benefit analysis of yourself yeah. and, and see what works for you. Yeah, exactly. And I guess accountants now like, are becoming more and more, they're business advisors. It's not exactly. just doing Absolutely. your tax returns. It's like a trusted business advice person on hand to give you advice. Is that, Absolutely. you get Absolutely. into that kind exactly. of... I mean, you would be surprised how many questions, how many different questions we could ask. I mean, I, like just last week I was asking about NHS. <laughs> so very valid questions. And I think it's the same with, you know, as technology grows and becomes easier and, and more accessible to uh, businesses, our role as accountants also grows. We have to be, we cannot, we no longer can be just, you know, numbers crunching people. We have to be, you know, people's pe- accountants, people's people, if that makes sense. You really have to um, help them with uh, the wider business and not only, you know, advise them what's deductible and what's not, but actually help them to look at the business as, as a whole. Mm. Fantastic. Silver, that was really good advice. As I said, we're big fans of accountants. Do check out all the MTD advice as well. We'll share some links with this podcast in the notes. But Sylvia from Accounts and Eagle, thank you so much for joining us on the Small Business Sessions. Thanks, man. You've been listening to the Small Business Sessions for Enterprise Nation, powered by Zero. For more information, visit enterprisenation.com forward slash podcast. And big thanks to podcast production company Podraffy for producing this podcast. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. And we'll see you next time.